You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. The rally in the US stock market is continuing, and that is despite the fact that there has been a series of numbers over the last three weeks, which I will give my next guest and see if he can work out what it is. The first number was 3.283 million. The second number was 6.648 million. The number that has just been released is 6.06 million. The telephone is occupied now by Lee Adler from Liquidity Trader and the Wall Street Examiner. What does that series of numbers mean to you, Lee Adler? I don't know. Is it my sales? Yeah, well, I can see they've been going up. I've been watching um, uh, leadler.com, and I promise you it's gone parabolic. But, yeah, see, but seriously, uh, these are big numbers, uh, aren't they? Unemployment claims in the U.S. Exactly. Quite right. Yeah. 16.5 right. million in three weeks. It's unheard of. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, it's terrifying. So what does it mean? I mean, you're not so much a fundamentalist, although fundamentals form a basis of your excellent analyses that I read every day. But on the other hand, you're more of a technician and a monetarist. In other words, you look at the flows of money. But let's get back to fundamentals very briefly. These are disastrous numbers for the 16 plus million souls that are out of a job. Yeah, it's it's frightening. Um, the, the Fed announced seven more Main Street type Main Street type programs this morning to try to keep uh, incomes coming in to people that are losing their jobs and small businesses. Um, it's uh, it's pretty terrifying, and it's certainly reminiscent of the Great Depression. I think you know I brought that up with you the last time we spoke. Um, whether uh, whether these programs will have the desired impact or not, who knows? And and what the unintended consequences will be, again, who knows? But I think that, um, you know, I, I prefer to stay focused on the direct monetary impacts on the markets. That's what I do. And the economy, regardless of the circumstances, is is secondary and tangential as proven by the action today in the stock market um i don't know how much is it up today it's 75 80 points or so on the s p 500 i got got about 60 points at the moment or just over two percent but anyway the point is that let's call it 2800 on the s p june futures okay now it wasn't that long ago lee when we were looking at uh, a level of 2160 2170 depending on what the futures month was then i think it was march but anyway let's call it 2170 so we've gone from 2800 from 2170 excuse me to 2800 in a very very short space of time yeah yeah it, uh, it's gone up almost as fast as it went down not quite and um the the current level today at around 2800 has slightly surpassed the the 50 yard line in football terms or uh, 50% in fibonacci ratios in other words the Recovery has retraced 50% of the crash um, and, and actually plus a few points. That's um, fairly typical if, if you're just looking at a normal technical breakdown. Uh, this would be about where you would expect the, the rally to end. Um, we are under... These are extraordinary circumstances. So I don't know if, if, if normal 
uh, types of analysis still apply here. You're an historian, though. You're, you're, a, you're a market historian, especially when it comes to technical analysis and the anthropological science of looking back at graphs. I mean, when I look at a graph over 10 years or 20 years or even beyond that, it's like anthropology to me. It just shows you what has happened before. And therefore, right. by looking back at what has happened before, you can potentially get an idea of what might happen in the future. This, to me, is classic bear market action. In other words, a recovery and everyone says, well, it's all over now. And then something else happens, i.e. these jobs numbers come out or these non-jobs numbers come out. Uh, the market then says, well, this is fantastic. But how much longer can the Fed come up with $2.3 trillion every time there's a weekly jobless number? Do you see what I mean? They, they can't keep on yeah. doing this, surely. Well, rule number one of my analysis has always been something that I learned as a kid back in the uh, customers' galleries in the brokerage firms where I first started trading 50 years ago as a teenager, um, and that is don't fight the Fed. Um, and obviously the Fed is going all out to prevent the markets from getting any worse than they were. Uh, I calculated yesterday that the Fed pumped in $800 billion more than what was necessary to absorb 100% of the massive amount of Treasury supply that the, the U.S. Treasury has put on the market in the last couple of weeks to fund all these programs. So the Fed went way overboard, way beyond the amount of money that it needed to pump in just to keep the market stable. So uh, in the last couple of days, it decided to pull back on how much uh, it would pump in in the days ahead. Uh, to about half or less than half of what the Treasury was selling. So they're they're basically now starting to fold their arms, the Fed is starting to fold its arms and stand back and see what happens. But there is so much excess cash that they pumped into the market that we're seeing these enormous, enormous moves in a thin and unstable market um, back to previous resistance levels very, very quickly. Um, from this point, I think between here and 2860-2880 is a really important resistance level. And with the Fed kind of pulling in its horns here, maybe, maybe this is where this thing tops out and roll over, rolls over. Maybe it is. A couple of conspiracy theories, or no, actually not conspiracy theories, just theories. Let me put it that way. The market has been rallying over the last few days. Somebody knew that the jobless claims numbers were going to be really, really bad indeed. And, and everybody knew it, they were going to be bad, but they didn't know it was going to be 6.606 million. And also the other thing is that somebody knows that the amount of un processed jobless claims are piling up in inboxes, metaphorical inboxes in the Labour Department or wherever it is. I would say there's probably another million, million and a half jobless claims that haven't been processed. So next week is going to be uh, more or less the same, maybe not as, as high as six million, but four and a half, five million. So somebody leaked this number. Somebody knew that the Fed was going to do this because it was no coincidence as, as soon as the number came out, along comes the Fed with 2.3 trillion. So they knew it. Right. So somebody else knew right. it as well and it's all a little bit distastefully yeah well I, again you, you know what's the alternative in the, in this circumstance um you keep your mouth that shut is, that's what they do instead of leaking well, out the numbers somebody knew because the market's been going up yeah i i think that the focus among policymakers now is is basically to keep people from starving 
And um, because there's a lot of people that have lost their jobs that are living paycheck to paycheck, have no income, yes. have no way to pay their mortgage or their rent, can't feed their kids. Um, so it, to me, the, the policymakers panic is entirely understandable and justified. The market, the buying panic in the market, well, it, it, that's going to burn out. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm quite certain. I just don't know where. I think it could burn out between here and 2860, 2880. That's sort of the, the key area I'm watching right now. Um, but again, you know, the old, the old thing about don't fight the Fed. The Fed is going to continue to pump money into this market week in and week out. Now, the next sell-off, I'm sure, is going to be quite vicious as well. So it's going to be a battle between how much money the Fed prints and how much money the market destroys. And right now, the market's not destroying any money. So, so you know, the leverage, the positive impact of leverage can continue to feed on itself. Uh, the news doesn't matter. Bad news is good at this point. But at some point, as the Fed begins to pull in its horns, there won't be enough money to continue to sustain this because the U.S. Treasury is going to still be borrowing enormous quantities of money. And that money's got to come from somewhere. And if the Fed's not printing it and pushing it into the dealer accounts to absorb the, the paper, then, then the market will turn back down. Can they carry on doing this? I mean, let's say, for example, we look, we, we fast forward one week ahead uh, to Thursday next week. There's another four or five million jobless claims. In addition, so we get to 20 million in four weeks, which is unheard of. Does the Fed do another two trillion? Can it keep on doing that? Is there a limitless supply from the from the printing presses of the U.S. Federal Reserve? I have no idea what the Fed is going to do in response to the you know this news. I think it it, it just the feeling that I get, and I don't know what this is worth, is that they're going to now stand back and see what happens. Um, that I you know my my guess is they've done everything they can for the time being. And let's see if this gets worse or if it doesn't start getting better on its own. Um, these processes, well, I shouldn't say these processes because we've never been through anything like this in our lifetime. But uh, the economies tend to be self-correcting from shocks like this. I mean, we had a pandemic in 1918 that killed millions and millions of people around the world. And a few years later, we were in the roaring 20s. And, of course, the, the programs, the rescue programs at that time were nowhere near as sophisticated and as large as they are today. So, you know, economies recover from shocks and, and the U.S. economy, the world economy will recover at some point. But again, I don't know what the, the, the unintended consequences of all this money printing will be. I, I suspect we're going to see a lot more inflation than um, than the mainstream thinks at this point. Uh, they're just. They're, they're pumping trillions and trillions and trillions of dollars into an economy where production is being cut back. So to me, that spells inflation. And yet people aren't going to be able to afford to buy the goods that are available. Look what happened to toilet paper in the U.S. a couple of weeks ago. Mm. So I think we're going to have these, these rotating shortages and prices going up. 
um, th- there will be some negative consequences. We haven't seen inflation for a decade, maybe even more. I can't remember the last time there was inflation of m- well, yeah, more, the, more than the, three, 4%. Walker killed it in 82 and yes. pushed rates through the roof. Right. So since then, we haven't seen inflation. Okay. So why should they, why should anything be any different now? Why? I mean, I, I, I speak to, you're familiar with a, a chap called Peter Schiff. I don't think you agree with a lot of the things he says, but he's been banging on for a long time now about the debasement of the US dollar and also roaring inflation in the future. Now, you've mentioned inflation as well because of this excess liquidity and the toilet paper factor. Let's call it the TPF from now on. It's the toilet paper factor. (laughs) There could be massive, massive, not hyperinflation, not like Germany in the 1930s, but there could be inflation, even if it's only 6 7%. That's still triple what it is now. And that that will have massive consequences for US Fed policy, the way that people conduct their lives, etc. Yeah, it would be hard to imagine uh, bondholders are going to demand higher yields on their bonds. Uh, the U.S. government with the multi, multi-trillions of dollars in debt, 20, I don't know, 26, 27, 28 trillion now, it, it, it would, it would <laughs> to pay higher interest rates right now, they're getting that money for free. And can you imagine if we had to pay six or seven percent interest on that? It would be it would be horrendous. So I cannot wrap my mind around the, the potential for that. But if if the markets hold their value and there is not an equal and offsetting destruction of money as a result of falling stock prices and falling bond prices, if money isn't destroyed, then there's going to be a tremendous amount of money in the system and, and lower production. And that equals higher prices. So I'm not sure how we get there with with the weakness of demand, but it just seems to me that it's a a distinct possibility that we have to be aware of. So what you're saying is there could be the horrible word in the future, a form of stagflation. In other words, stagnating production production and productivity and the supply side of the economy. And on the demand side, people are buying. You're a young guy. I'm an old guy. I remember that from the 70s. Okay, so tell us. I mean, can it be replicated? I'm talking about the 70s. OPEC was a big factor then as well. Absolutely. Um, The oil prices were a problem, but housing prices were were going up. Um, There was was just general inflation. When when they talked about WIP inflation now, W-I-N, under uh, Gerald Ford and and, uh, the, the policymakers and the pundits would talk about inflation, they would talk about wage and price inflation, not just price inflation. Today, we ignore wage inflation, but there's there's been quite a bit of wage inflation. It's been running at about 3%, but the, the media doesn't pay any attention to that because we don't think of wages as inflating. We think of them as growing nowadays. That's the, that's the euphemism that's applied to that. There's a lot of propaganda around inflation that ignores certain types of inflation, and wage inflation is one of them. And you know, there's a possibility that, that uh, wages will go up um, although with the surplus of labor, that, that's hard to imagine. Um, it, it could go either way. We could go into deflation, too. And I think that would be something that would be triggered by falling securities prices again. As, as margin calls heat up again and money is destroyed, we, you know, we could go the other way if, if the uh, deflation of, of securities prices outruns the money creation that the Fed is, is doing uh, to, to inflate the money supply. So. Honestly, uh, we just have to wait and see. I think it'll be not days and not weeks, but a, a few months before we have a clear picture of which way this is going to trend. And then 
we can take action accordingly. But at this point, we just don't know. I think we have to keep our hands in our pockets and wait and see what happens. So like every other commentator that I've spoken to over the last um, maybe two and a half weeks, you don't know. I've had from you p- potential of inflation, potential of deflation. I've got right. the, the unemployment situation in the United States de- deteriorating at a pace that's never been seen before in nominal terms anyway. And no one knows what that means. And the Fed comes in and bad news is good news. In other words, a, a bad job number means a, a good stock market number because the Fed just throws money at the problem. I'm very confused, Lee. I'm just a broadcaster. You're an expert. Well, that's why I focus on technical levels on the stock market. I mean, I know that at this level, at 2,800, that's a key technical level. A reversal here would be bearish. Uh, If we run up to 2,850, 2,860, and they consolidate there and then start to push a little higher, then in my mind, we could go all the way back to 3,000, 3,100. So V-shaped recovery, in other words. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, we're pretty close to a V right now, um, and it, it's fairly normal. But we had the same thing in November nineteen twenty nine, November, December, January, and then the market, you know, the market retraced fifty percent of the nineteen twenty nine crash, and then it rolled over, and we had uh, three and a half years of horrend- of a horrendous bear market that dropped eighty uh, percent from the point of the recovery rally in nineteen twenty nine thirty. So. We could have the same thing here, but the Fed was not as proactive then as it is now. And I think that this money printing and all of this pumping of money into the markets will have unintended consequences. We just don't know what they are yet. So we, we have to wait and see. And, and the key is to identify the change in the trend, whatever that is, as soon as possible. To pay attention to all of the data, and then we'll get a handle on what's happening right now. I don't have a handle on it. I'm speculating what might happen. This is what I'm on the alert for. But I need to see it in the numbers themselves. And then once I do, I can you know, make more of a concrete forecast and recommendation. One thing that is really, really easy, especially for a numbskull like myself, Lee, is the gold price. Even yeah. if the securities markets uh, fall in a heap, bond markets fall in a heap, whatever, there may be a short-term consequence for gold because people – uh, sell their gold holdings in order to pay for their margin calls in other asset classes. But it doesn't matter whether that is the scenario or whether the inflation scenario that you just sketched out uh, becomes reality. The gold price is going up. It's the easiest trade in the world. There's no such thing as an easy trade. But to me, gold is going to 2000 plus. Give me your thoughts because you love gold as well or you love analyzing it. I, I agree with you. I agree with you. The, the resiliency, the buoyancy of gold after that, after those margin calls hit, it was pretty impressive. And, um, you know, the gold stocks haven't, you know, they've traded more like stocks. They haven't done well, but the metal itself looks looks pretty good. It, it's a, in a very, very bullish configuration. And uh, even when it sold off, it came down to trend support. It held on. So I like the gold chart, and I like its long-term potential here, and I, I wouldn't disagree with you. It could go a lot higher. It could go Good. to 5000 I mean, I don't know where it's going, but I think the, the trend is very, very solid. So $28, as I look at my screen. The recent high was around about 1681 1682 and that was about four weeks ago. It's now 1673 having been $100 lower than this also not long ago. This is really, yeah, really good price action. I saw it a little while ago, so I'm not sure what price you're looking at. Uh, where was it earlier on? Let me let me just see here. Because you've got fancier um, systems than I, it's me. It's seventeen twenty-two right now in well, dollars. Well, in that case, then I'm way off. Uh, that yeah, must yeah. Have... No, it's up. It's up thirty-eight bucks. 
No, my screen is 15 minutes delayed. In the last 15 minutes, it's gone to 17.20, which is a multi-year high. When was the last time gold was above 1,700? Good question. Probably 2011. <laughs> it's been a while. Okay. It's been a while. Um, yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll just. I'll, I'm going to pull up my gold chart here. Let's see. I'm going to. Yeah, you uh, do that. I'm go, going to try. It doesn't and even go back that far. I'm going to. <laughs> I'm going to try and find. Uh, I'm going to go to Kitco. I like Kitco. That's a good gold website. Yeah. 2012. 2012. It was this high. Really, I've got to update my systems here. I mean, I'm talking about 1673, 1675, and you're talking yeah. about 1720. I'm, I'm just I'm 1720. Looking. Yeah, I did 1720. Maybe you're looking at the futures. It was a little higher than that today. It was 1725, 1730. I saw, I saw it up 48 bucks at one point. It's come, it's come off that. I've got the spot but, price here at 1670, Lee. I think I'm right for once, and you're wrong on this one. I think you must have a futures okay, price or um, something. All right, I'm. Uh, you're looking at yesterday's prices, I believe. Okay. <laughs> I don't think so. I've got six. Yeah, I don't think so. 10.23 Eastern time, which is two minutes ago. 16.17. Okay, I'm looking at 17.23.30 on uh, the futures contract. I'm not sure which month this is. Yeah, probably. But it's probably June. 2050 or something you've got there. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. With a huge yeah, contango. But anyway, Lee, the point is that we, we both like gold. Bucks. Mm. Anyway, it doesn't matter. The fact is we both like gold. How do we keep in touch with you? Liquidity trader, Wall Street examiner, give yourself a punt, please. My, my proprietary work is at liquiditytrader.com. And I uh, write free stuff uh, more frequently now because there's a lot more to write about at wallstreetexaminer.com. So you can follow me uh, in either place. And uh, I have a, a risk-free trial for people that are interested in the more in-depth analysis. Uh, you can try it for 90 days uh, with a money-back guarantee. Very good. The other question, the final question, is what is the behavior of people during these times? Do people say to themselves, I want to put my head in the sand, I don't want to know what Lee Adler says, or this is when I really need people like Lee Adler and therefore you're getting more and more subscriptions? How are people behaving? Hard to say. I mean, I don't see what they're doing with their accounts. I'm definitely picking up more subscriptions um, significantly more. And, and this is what happens in bear markets and in tough times and in times of uncertainty. In a bull market, everybody's an expert. Nobody needs uh, analysis of any kind, good or bad. And uh, at times like this, people are looking for answers and hopefully I'm giving them the right answers. Hmm. Hopefully you are. Hopefully the last 15 minutes or so will we'll provide some answers, even if we can't agree on the gold price, but we do agree that it's going higher. Lee Adler, liquidity trader, Wall Street examiner, thanks very much for your time. The views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of Lindsay Williams and various contributors and do not reflect the policy, position or opinion of any other agency, organization, employer or company associated with strictlybusinesspodcast.com. Assumptions made on the analyses are not reflective of the position of any other entity other than the speaker or the author. And since we are critically thinking human beings, these views are always subject to change, revision and rethinking at any time. Please do not hold us to them in perpetuity.